Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The Score! High and inside. Archin music. A little chin music. Take that hit for a ride. It's time for some chin music. Hey, um, how about a warning? Sure. Watch out you don't get killed. <laughs> because sometimes in baseball, you've got to send a strong message. Especially when someone has it coming. Each Saturday, David and Bruce come in high and tight with a response to something that deserves one. Like this. The one thing that I always go back to is, you know, in game planning for, you know, to play against the White Sox, it's it wasn't so much what can you do to beat them, it's what type of energy and what type of team is coming out there to play against you that particular day. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. David Hall, Bruce Levine until 11 o'clock. Love playing chin music because we get opportunities to comment on guys who maybe went a little far. I don't know if he did or not. Pedro Grafal, that was his interview on the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast. Courtney Finnecombe of that podcast had a really, I thought, fun interview with Grafal, Bruce, and he was relaxed. The questions were good, and he was, I think, pretty candid in addressing what the White Sox were in 2022, and that was a team, apparently, you just heard, that couldn't be counted on to bring the energy, even though they might have had more talent. That's a very indicting comment of the team you just inherited or the team that you will now manage. What did you think of Grafal being as honest about the players that he will face for the first time uh, in Glendale in a month. Well, it's it's very similar to what Tony La Russa said to me on the way out and what he said in his press conference on the way out. Uh, he was not able to get the players to play the way they needed to, okay? For whatever reason, whether it was individual uh, uh, accountability or the fact that uh, – you know, they, they, for some reason, just weren't responding. Uh, this was seen not only across every dugout, and I think Kansas City had a, a record where they, they had a better record than the White Sox head-to-head last year. So Grafal got to see this firsthand. Uh, it wasn't just every dugout where coaches and managers and players saw this. 
we saw it all year. We talked about it all year. It was a listless, lifeless effort by the by the White Sox. Uh, the front office was sick to their stomach uh, by this by the end of the year, and they were way beyond uh, saying this was Tony Larusa's fault at that point. Uh, Larusa certainly stepped up and took the blame as he should when they a manager and coaches can't get the best out of players. But this is not. Um, this is not anything we hadn't seen all year. I, I applaud Pedro Grafal for stepping up and saying, yeah, we saw it. They had a tremendous amount of talent on that team, more than we had, and we beat them in head-to-head competition. So it, it's pretty obvious. And I think what you're getting around to, David, is the fact that Grafal maybe looked at it as a middleweight uh, manager coming in, might be a heavyweight manager. You know, He might hit, have a big punch. That right jab might be a little bit more uh, lethal than we thought. I, I do yeah, think I, that. And I do wonder that, Bruce, because it's one thing to have you or I or people that cover the team or talking heads, if you will, comment on what the White Sox were in terms of being lethargic in 2022 and how that contributed to being the most disappointing team in baseball. The person who is charged with making that different leading them next year the you know, the the guy who is now your manager there's a little risk involved in being that openly open publicly i think that's the aspect that i it, privately you know he's going to be holding people accountable the public nature of it you wonder always i do at least about how the perception will affect the reality how the public perception will affect the private reality because he has to face these guys and the first time as a group when he does It'll be, oh, yeah, that's the guy that was calling us out on the radio and the podcast in the offseason. Look, David, this is about the players, okay? The, the, the previous group, they're going to, you know, Larusa steps down for health issues. They, clearly, the job wasn't gotten done. That's on the White Sox in the front office and, uh, and, the, and the manager and the coaches, okay? This one... If Grafal is not able to get the best out of him, then there is it's clear, it's going to be clear that this was a bad mix of players, okay? And that uh, changes had to be made. They have made some changes. They brought in a new starting pitcher. They brought in a new outfielder that should be a top-of-the-order hitter somewhere along the line. As Rick Hahn said, they're not done yet. This is only uh, January the, the 7th. We have another... A uh, few months to go before spring training and the uh, start of the season. So there's things to be done. But clearly, not only the message from the manager and the coaches, but the message from the players has to be a lot different. Uh, the, the one telling thing about the White Sox that really hasn't been underlined enough and talked about enough, I believe, David, is Jose Abreu not only leaving here because there was quote-unquote not a big match for him any longer with the White Sox, but that he probably wanted to leave at this point. And, uh, and I think he was as fed up with what he saw last year as any of the front office fans or, or p- people around the game that watched the Chicago White Sox. I, I didn't hear I a lot of pushback him. from him. I yeah, can't I blame hear, him, Bruce. Hey, I want to play. In a previous contract he signed with the White Sox, a three-year deal for $50 million dollars. He said, I'm, a, I'm going to stay with – I'm a White Sox player. I'm going to stay uh, one way or another. I'm signing with the White Sox. We heard nothing like that from Jose Abreu this time around. 
Well, I think what we're talking about in Grafal's comments and what you're mentioning in uh, Abreu's decision are very related because Grafal is commenting on a team that was unpredictable in its approach mentally, in its approach in terms of effort, and we're talking about a guy in Jose Abreu. That must have driven him crazy. This is a guy that does not want drama. The most predictable professional athlete the Sox have had under contract in many years. The ultimate consummate professional. Why not get out of town the first opportunity you have a chance? His idea of drama, the most, the, probably the, 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 the most uh, difficult dilemma he'll face in, in Houston is, is, is which, you know, how, what size of a ring is he going to order and how many diamonds will be in it? He's thinking championship. This is not a guy who w- wanted to, to suffer fools any longer. So I understand why he wanted to get out of town, but I think it's telling, and I think it is related to how bad last year actually was for everybody that endured it. Right. So, you know, Grafal is the right guy. Larusa said, to me, Grafal is the right guy uh, after they, they picked him. You know, he just sent me a text back when I said, what do you think? He said, talk to the guy. White Sox did a great job of betting him. He's the right guy. So everybody agrees that this is a very good move. Even though people in Chicago had never heard of Pedro Grafal before, that has very little to do with it. At some point in Tampa, uh, when they hired Joe Madden, people hadn't really heard of him either. So people get their opportunity. Pedro Grafal is going to have as good a chance as anybody to be successful with the Chicago White Sox. But again, the players are going to have to give a different effort out there. There there's, it has to be a different energy level out there for them to play. And, and for White Sox fans, frankly, to come out, David, uh, you know, they're, they're the show-me fans of baseball. They're the Missouri fans of baseball. you got to show me who you are before we come out, okay? Because we, we think we saw a championship team developing here for two years, and last year you were a 500 team. Show me you're different. Well, maybe, but Rick Hahn, show me a second baseman. Because I don't know if the internal options that he referenced earlier this week, I'm all for uh, Romy Gonzalez, I think he's a really fine young player. I am the guy who was pounding the desk. Because you reminded me last week, I think, Bruce, Lenin Sosa was the guy that could give them a spark. But show me a second baseman. And Rick Hahn, this week, he spoke the day before we heard from Pedro Grafal. And this is what he had to say about what the White Sox still have left to do. We're going to continue to look, you know, what, will ha- what happens over the course of the next six weeks leading in the camp and then the six, seven weeks that we're in camp is impossible to predict. But certainly the, the way we perceive ourselves is not as a, as a finished product at this time. So what do you think, Bruce? Do you think that says trade for second baseman? Do you think that says internal options for second base? Because I think when you look at what's left to do, the one major whole in terms of expectations of what you you should feel good about I I still have questions about the second base plan I I agree with you I mean you know is is Garcia still in the mix we haven't heard his name at all you named the two young guys Garcia coming off of a a bad year not not a good year after signing a a longer contract after having a great season so uh, I I think that room for improvement is that Han is, is showing you he's open-minded about uh, deals that can be made and that uh, they will continue to look at, uh, at players there. Uh, again, is, is there a Robbie Alomar out there in his prime that's going to be available? No, I don't think you're going to be able to get a player like that. 
Are you going to settle for the type of second baseman they've had the last couple of years, journeyman guys that uh, just were okay but didn't really get the job done the way they want for the future? No. I mean, they might stick with Gonzalez. They might stick with Sosa. Garcia might be a part of it. Uh, you might not have a perfect situation there. Uh, but again, uh, inventory-wise, where do you think the White Sox have multiple players at positions to trade? Where do you think in their system they have players to trade where it doesn't hurt the major league product right now? Bruce, the only position I would think there, it's not even a surplus, but if you're dealing from a position of relative strength, it would have to be the outfield prospects. A guy like Yoki Cespedes might be able to bring somebody back in return or be part of a package. I would not trade Colson Montgomery. I would not touch any of the young pitchers that you have invested any kind of hope or high draft picks in right now. So I think it's a very delicate balance you have to strike, but you do have a need that exists for a team that should feel like when they report to Glendale, they can win the division. And you're not there yet. If you're the White Sox in the AL Central, given where, where your talent is, you have to feel like, you can win that division, and and that I I think that's the expectation. That is what we heard from Pedro Grafal. I wonder though, Bruce, is that the realistic plan for this year? Anything else would be unacceptable for White Sox fans, I would think. I would say as big a concern for me for the White Sox, and, and I think they're going to have bounce back years from a lot of guys. I think they're going to be a contender this year, but the biggest concern continues to be not second base but catcher, okay? If Grandal's knee goes out again, good point. what yep. is your plan? What I mean, Zavala, okay, maybe a, a okay backup, you know, maybe okay. Uh, but again, what is your plan uh, if Grandal, you know, two years in a row with knee injuries? I'm not saying, I think he gives you all the effort he has. He just had zero last year. He had his year was a complete waste of time for him and the team because of injury and because of the fact he never got his bat going. Uh, what is your backup plan to that? I, I know they, they have a final year invested in him, and he's been working out with a trainer, and he's working hard. I never question his desire or his work effort uh, efforts. I, I just wonder what he's got left with all the knee issues that he's had at, at his age right now. That's a great point and a question the Sox have to address before reporting to spring training next month. Bruce, there are two little things I want to get your opinion on. Number one, I got in an interesting debate with Dan Bernstein during transition this past week over Oscar Colas. He does not have a lot of confidence in him. He, he looked at some projections that came out this week, and I am the, the other way on the other side of it. I'm looking forward to seeing Oscar Colas uh, develop and blossom. I think he can be – the answer, I'm not going to say that he's going to be the Cuban Otani the way that he came into um, the States when he signed that contract, but I do like the idea of, of letting a rookie play right field who has shown some progress at the minor league level. wonder what you think about that. And second to that, uh, Lucas Giolito. There's a really good story, Daryl Von Scowen, in today's Sun-Times. I encourage everybody to get a copy uh, and read it, but he's slimming down this offseason, and his approach has been opposite of what, last year's offseason was because it didn't work and it was a failed experiment. So as for Colas, as for Giolito, what are your thoughts on those two things? Well, uh, Giolito did get bulky, okay? He got big, all right? 
and uh, I think they felt, and he felt that there'd be a, just a little bit of more power and a little bit more uh, durability for the season. It, it didn't it didn't work out that way. So slimming down is probably a good idea. Uh, I think uh, I think command of his pitches and predictability were as big a part of his problem, not his weight. You know, I, I just think the changeup in the fastball really didn't have the same type of separation of numbers and impact that they had in the past. So if, if the weight loss is going to contribute to him having a better selection and the less predictable pitching, uh, I, I'm, I'm all for that. Uh, as far as Colas goes, what was Dan's contention about what he saw from the uh, development of Colas and why he didn't think uh, he was going to be ready? Not good enough power numbers, I believe. A little bit more inconsistency than he would want. And I just uh, think overall the unpredictability or the uncertainty of having a rookie out there whose projections aren't what maybe you would want from your everyday right fielder. Yeah, I'm all good with it. And I I think uh, because of the fact that they keep talking about Jimenez being an outfielder, you know, even though he's going to be DH most of the time and uh, Grafal and Hahn have talked about the fact that he's going to continue to take balls out there. Two things. One, you know, if Colas isn't that good, uh, Benintendi can play all three positions very well. Uh, number number two is you are going to have injury, okay? There, there will be injuries. It always occurs. You don't know where they're going to be at. So you have to be – you have to have depth. And, and I think the, the one thing the White Sox have to work on is, uh, again, getting enough depth – to be that world championship team if a player or two goes down. Uh, last year, they had three players that only played half a season, you know, and that that's not going to get it done. With with Jimenez, Anderson, and uh, Robert all playing 80 games, I don't care who's managing or who's coaching, you're not going to win when, when you have that type of production player-wise that's injured. So the depth on the team is, I think, the major issue for, for Rick Hahn and the White Sox going to spring training, adding more depth to that team. And, and as he said, you know, there's plenty of time to do it. Let's see how they go about it, whether it's free agency or trade. But there, there's no question, you know, there are a few holes. But I still think people having their normal years and playing the normal amount of games, it's a it's a uh, championship caliber team, not, not a Bruce, world before championship. before we break. Yeah, yeah, I think division championship team. I yeah. think that right get, now is where they are. Get, get in. Get, you're the yeah. Phillies. Get in. Get in. Just get in. Uh, last thing, Bruce. We heard from Grafal during the Benintendi press conference, and one thing that stood out, it wasn't necessarily what we came into the segment talking about, but he left open the possibility that Aloy Jimenez could still play the outfield, that he could still possibly play right field. And if I were Pedro Grafal, one of the first things I would do when I got to Glendale, Arizona, would I would hide Eloy Jimenez's glove. And I would say, here's an extra bat. Give me your glove. You're a designated hitter. Get used to it. I wouldn't leave the door open even a crack. And yet I think that he did that. What did you think of those comments? Well, I, I think it goes back to the depth issue. You know, if, if one of your main outfielders gets hurt, you, you, have, uh, you, know, you have the fire drill about who moves where, right? So if, if, it's, if it's Robert that gets hurt again, uh, who does, is Benintendi your center fielder? Who's your left fielder? Uh, is Sheets good enough to go in and step in again? Or do you start running into the same defensive metric issues that you had in the past and your team is back 
to where they were in 2021. Again, back-end depth. Moving it forward from the back-end. Championship teams build the bullpens up from the back-end. They, they build their benches up from the back-end. They build up their catching from the back-end. These are things that the White Sox need to address. It's not always easy to do economically. It's not always easy to do as far as uh, player, uh, you know, acquiring those type of players, but they have time to do it. Bruce, when we come back, it's time to play another one of our favorite games, Chicago Bound. We just love the music, but we also like the possibility. There are some players we want to ask, could they be Chicago Bound in the offseason that remains? It's inside the clubhouse. David Hall, Bruce Levine, Chicago Sports Radio, 6 Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I did the score. you all should know Chicago is the greatest place I ever know I'm gonna stay in this town I'm gonna live in this town I'm gonna live in Chicago the greatest place around The Cubs and Sox are off for the winter but inside the clubhouse starts the hot stove discussion now David and Bruce take a look at which free agents and trades the Cubs and Sox should explore. Will they trade for a top pitcher or player? Is free agency the way the North and South Siders go? Who's on David Ross or Pedro Grafol's wish list? You help them make the call. 312-644-6767. On the other side of 161st and River, that one's driven out to right field and deep. Down the turns, yes! See ya! A home run for Torres. It's 7-2 Yanks. 
Well, it's always a good thing when you see Glaber Torres going the other way, his 22nd of the year. High fly ball, deep left. Sawinski back, counting, looking, see ya. A two home run inning for Glaber Torres, a three run shot, and it's 14 to two. David Hall, Bruce Levine, inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7, the score. Thank you, Yes Network, for those highlights from last season. Glaber Torres, Yankee second baseman, infielder, hitting two of those. Bruce, I love that music. We like this segment. It is talking about players possibly coming to Chicago via trade or free agency. Chicago bound, if you will. That's the name of the segment. How about Glaber Torres? Is he available via trade? And if he is, do you think Rick should pick up the phone? So the, the New York Yankees have two outstanding young players that want to, they want to implement at short and second base. That makes one of their second basemen, either LeMayu or Torres, available. Uh, LeMayu's injury history the last two years makes him pretty much untradeable at this time. Therefore, Torres, who had a, a comeback year last year hitting 24 home runs after having a miserable 2021 marginal short season 2020 uh, after hitting uh, 38 home runs the year before uh, is a very real possibility to get traded. And the, the reason for that is, is they want to open up that area to their young guys, the Yankees do. They also have the backup of Falafa, uh, who was, uh, who was uh, their shortstop last year, and uh, LeMayu. So they feel fortified there. Torres can bring back a left-handed pitcher that the New York Yankees want in their bullpen. They need left-handed pitching in their bullpen. The White Sox have left-handed pitching in their bullpen. So my question to you, David, is would you put in a deal uh, Aaron Bummer or Crochet for Torres? Okay, yes. that is the question to you. Okay. Yes, so, I would. So... They, I... so, so the, the person that I talked to with the Yankees, and uh, they they would probably have more interest in Crochet than they would have in uh, in Bummer at this point. Uh, again, Crochet's upside is huge. His injuries are concerning. Whether he's a starter or a reliever is unknown, but we do know he has that power arm. I don't like giving up on first-round draft picks with the kind of potential Garrett Crochet has, has shown. And my reaction was more instinctive and immediate than maybe giving it some thought. It is a difficult dilemma if you're Rick Hahn. Garrett Crochet, coming off the surgery, could still be as powerful and lethal as he looked like he was capable of being before it. So that would be a very difficult trade to make. That said, Bruce, Glaber Torres is no slouch. As you point out, the, the Yankees are moving him because he is stalling the progress of some prospects, but it's not as if Glaber Torres is somebody on the wrong side of 30 whose best days are behind him. They could trade for Glaber Torres at 26 years old. He was a, His war in, in 2022 was 4.1. This is somebody who, as you point out, had a very resurgent year. I, do, I think if you're the White Sox and you play your cards right, if you make that trade, why couldn't he be part of your future and your present? Because he's going to help you win now. 
and he's going to be part of the reason you believe you can win later. So that's why I would be more willing to give up a, a lefty in a bullpen that needs them, but you got to give up something to get something. Here's my concern with Crochet. Love his arm. Love that they brought him up early, put him in the bullpen. But how do you stretch him out after an injury? Is he a continued bullpen guy? Is he your closer of the future, David? Uh, the, the plan was to be similar to Michael Kopech's, and that is bring him along in the bullpen, then bring him along in innings, and slowly spot start him. That was the plan for last year, and it imploded because he got injured. And then move him up to the uh, level where he can come back and throw 120 innings the next year and be a part of your very young uh, power arm-related uh, rotation. Uh, right now, after the, coming back from the injury, maybe he's a bullpen guy forever. Maybe Kopech coming back uh, after injury is a bullpen guy uh, in the future. We, we, don't, we don't know these things right now for the White Sox. Again, I always thought Kopech was going to be a dominant back-end uh, closer. Uh, Rick Hahn and I have had these discussions for four or five years now about Kopech. You know, I always thought he's going to be a bullpen guy. He said he's got the stuff to be a, a rotation pitcher. Rick was right. He does have the stuff. Does he have the durability uh, in the uh, ability to throw six, seven innings 30 times a year as opposed to coming out of the bullpen two or three times a week and closing games out for one inning? I tend to be in agreement with you on this, Bruce. I, I think, and I have gone back and forth with Michael Kopech, but what we have seen from him as a starter are a lot of uh, issues with durability and dependability. Maybe that wouldn't be as big of an issue in the bullpen, and that would affect your thinking on Crochet and maybe certainly Bummer. A question before we move on to the other name. If you got Glaber Torres in a White Sox uniform somehow, what does that do to them in terms of solidifying that infield and making them into a more legitimate contender? What it does to them is you will see the, the next highest paid free, uh, highest paid contract in White Sox history because Torres would be getting that uh, at, at the next level. But what, what it does is it makes them, I mean, Torres is a very good second baseman. I don't know if he's a gold glover yet. He certainly was not a gold glover at shortstop when they played him out of position two years ago. So uh, he, he's a very good good player with good defensive skills. And uh, doing my homework on him, uh, an outstanding team guy, outstanding family guy, guy that would fit in, just comes to work every day, works hard, and, and wants to play. So uh, to, to be able to get Glaber Torres from the Yankees, I think, would be a coup for them. Uh Left-handed, right-handed, forget about it. You know, the guy is is a good ball player, and he would fit in greatly with this team, I think. Did he have any overlap with Eloy Jimenez in the Cubs organization? I, I, I Yeah. I think oh, yeah. they had to have at some point, correct? Oh, yeah. They, they had a relationship. They, they had a yeah. good relationship. And That would be um, a nice little bonus uh, if you get him, but there would be a lot to like about that deal. If it's attainable, Jason, I don't know how realistic it is, Bruce. Jason McLeod told me after he left the Cubs, he said – the one trade that was the hardest one for him to make uh, was to get to leave Torres. He said he hated lo lo losing Jimenez, but he, he felt Torres was the creme, creme de la creme, as our good friend Chet Kopik used to say, and the fact that um, he was going to be the best player out of the organization. Uh, he, sh he sure looked like it the first two years he played for the Yankees, you know, hitting uh, 62 home runs, but 
uh, coming back last year was a resurgence. I, I just think that there's a deal to be made out there. And the White Sox and Yankees have a great relationship. Uh, Rickon, Ken Williams have great relationship with uh, Brian Cashman. If there's a match there, I think they can get something done. And our producer, Sean Sears, even remembers Glaber Torres from a prospect day, I believe, when he showed what he was capable of accomplishing and getting into the and developing into the kind of player that uh, that he has become. Right, Sean? Yeah, that's right. I, I remember there being some like real consensus that the Cubs like at, at some point might trade a Javier Baez to open up a spot for Gleyber Torres. They thought his glove might even be better than Javier Baez, which sounds silly now that we know who Torres and Baez are now. But that was the thought behind there, that people thought that this guy was just kind of Baez was the placeholder for this Torres who was coming up here and tearing up you know, the, the Mid-Atlantic Conference and whatnot. So fun guy, fun guy to watch, too. Bruce, the next tier of possibilities for somebody Chicago-bound obviously would include the discarded free agent pile. And on that pile is Mike Moustakas, a guy that a lot of both teams in town know well. Um, He's still on the open market. I suppose from the Sox perspective, uh, he would address the need. I don't think defensively they would be getting somebody they they would trust or feel good about. But where uh, do you think the market will shift for a Mike Moustakas, and what's your interest level if you're Rick Hahn? Well, Moustakis is coming off of three bad years, so it, it might be a minor league deal, uh, you know, for Moustakis to uh, come to spring training and make a team at this point. You know, uh, injuries have had uh, taken away a guy who was an outstanding player and a championship player with Kansas City and uh, had a, a year or two that was decent with Cincinnati. But the last three have been poor years and injury-plagued years. I, I think it's a minor league contract. I would love to see the White Sox bring him in as a minor league uh, contract and as spring training invitee uh, because, uh, again, it gives you uh, some real strong backup at third base. It gives him strong backup at first base. It gives you strong backup at DH. Uh, an, another, you know, he has power from the left side. So with, with all of that in mind, I think it's a no-lose situation. Why not bring in a guy like that? Um, who has had a experience being playing for a world champion, who was a leader on his teams when he was playing well. I think it's a no-brainer to give him a minor league contract and bring him in. Last name on this list, Bruce, is not related to Moustakis, is not related to Torres or any infield positions. This is a guy who White Sox fans are very familiar with and everyone in baseball is too. Our guy John Heyman reported that the Boston Red Sox are willing to listen and could be potentially uh, trading, open to trading, Chris Sale. How realistic do you think that is? If Chris Sale is indeed available, what would those conversations be like for either the Cubs or the White Sox? I think, uh, you know, again, what Sale's been able to do is uh, negligible over the past three years. You know, since – uh, being on the mound as the closer in the World Championship uh, game for the Red Sox in 2018, it's been all downhill for Chris Hill, for Chris uh, Sale rather. And uh, the, the idea that uh, he could help somebody, I, I think, is intriguing. Uh, you know, is Boston going to eat most of the rest of that contract? Probably. Uh, but um, coming back to Chicago would be intriguing, and he could be a part of uh, the. Uh, the public relations department and a marketing to develop some new uniforms for the, uh, the Chicago White Sox as well. He's he never going to live that down. 
I mean, David, you covered him like I did. He was always an intriguing guy, interesting guy. Um, yeah, he was he was out there a lot. You know, cutting up the uniforms was was strange and weird, but uh, you loved his passion. The the fact that he went to the uh, Detroit clubhouse back in 2017 and st- got thrown out of a game and then went to the Detroit clubhouse and wanted to go in and fight those guys. Um, that that's just unbelievable stuff. The the passion that the guy had was was unbelievable. His post-game interviews going up and back with him were a lot of fun. Him and I had a great time with that. Uh, he's, he's a different dude, but if he's got anything left in the tank, you know, and it doesn't cost you a lot, again, why not? I enjoyed covering Chris Sale. I really did admire and respect his competitiveness. I also, Bruce, uh, at different times had, had conversations with him in the clubhouse and on the air or whatever the case may be, you remember he took a very team-friendly deal and he sacrificed a lot of money um, and left a lot of it on the table for the security that the contract he signed with the White Sox brought him. He ended up getting paid anyway. He's never going to worry about uh, his mortgage payment. Chris Sale is a rich man and the wealth came later. But I remember having some very interesting conversations with Chris Sale about his decision to go for the security earlier in his career before he had maybe arrived as the pitcher he is today. And I just found him to be one of the more fascinating guys in that clubhouse. Very unpredictable, very temperamental, and extremely competitive. But a guy who I, I do have fond memories of, he also, you, have, you can't ignore, as you point out, Bruce, he's pitched 11 games, I think, in the last three seasons. Injuries have gotten in the way yeah. of wherever he was headed in terms of a legacy and a career. But I, if his last, if his last act, and his final act involves a, a detour through Chicago, I'd love it. I think it would be fascinating theater, and who knows what he has left. I, I a big risk, Look, yes. You need them to pay the money, yes. But who knows? Desire to win is unquestioned when it yep. comes to Chris Sale. Uh, even off the chart, as far as what level he'll go to, so. Bringing back a passionate player, if he's got anything left, I think it's a no-brainer. And, and again, Rick Hahn, uh, throughout his career, before he became the general manager, made his bones by making, uh, have, getting players to sign these wonderfully team-friendly long-term contracts that enabled them not only to get the best out of the player at a, a reasonable rate, but to also acquire uh, players uh, coming back uh, like he was able to do in the sale trade for Mancata and Michael Kopech. Uh, that that was a deal that was made, uh, you know, that, that benefited both teams greatly. Man, it, it should be forgotten that Mancata was close to an MVP player in 2019, having a, a terrific year, and, and they're still waiting for that ability to come back and be shown in 2023. All right, Bruce, when we come back, let's set the stage for the Cubs convention, which begins next Friday downtown, and it will include this year the return of the Ricketts Family Forum, or whatever they are calling it. The Ricketts Family will be available and address the Cubs fans at the convention. We'll talk about that next. Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 the score. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. 
You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app. To have the best relationship with our fans of any sport in the world, any professional sports team in the world. And that starts with the Marquee Network. The Marquee Network. What do you have against the Marquee Network? Believe me, you won't be booing about that in a year. You guys won't, you won't be booing about the Marquee Network in one year. Welcome back. David Haw, Bruce Levine, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. That was three years ago, Bruce, three years ago at the Cubs convention, January of 2020, Tom Ricketts booed talking about the Marquee Sports Network, which uh, I know you are a part of. I have been on as recently as last Wednesday, the reporters show. They've done a fine job, and I just wonder, that was the last time that Tom Ricketts addressed the Cubs convention. The next time will be next Saturday morning. The convention begins Friday with the red carpet uh, introductions and a reconvening, and I think it'll be a, a, an exciting event because it's the first time in, in three years since they've been able to do this. What do you think the reaction will be this year to Tom Ricketts and the family when they have that opportunity to talk to fans on the stage in that open forum? You know, I'm not sure, David. I, I really don't because I, I don't know uh, after them ending up the season uh, winning uh, 39 out of their last 70, you know, going 39 and 31. Uh, it, you know, it seems there, there's, uh, there's a lot of optimism going forward for the Cubs, uh, stepping up, signing a, a couple of really important players, a couple of guys that are, uh, that are two or three guys that are maybes that uh, need uh, – resurgent years to reestablish their careers and guys like a Bellinger and uh, you know, a guy like uh, Hosmer bringing him in uh, same thing with Barnard, you know, guys coming off of uh, you know, bad years, but that have had great careers and are true professionals. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't know what the, uh, the flavor is going to be like after not having a cub convention for uh, uh, you know, since 2020, I don't know what the fans are going to be looking at as far as Tom or the reception for the uh, marquee network. Re remember in January of 2020, the marquee network still was not in existence. It was right. It, it didn't start till a month later. So and they got was, off to a very, they were, yeah. Yeah. A difficult start with the pandemic and everything that came after Bruce, but it's a, what have you done for me lately mentality with sports fans? And frankly, Going into this Cub convention, I think it's well-timed for the Cubs. They just signed a uh, free agent shortstop who was straight out of central casting. 
could not be any better for this team at this time than Dansby Swanson. And Tom Ricketts, uh, he rubber-stamped a $177 million investment into that shortstop. They signed Jamison Tyone. That's a smart signing, intelligent spending, if you will. I would be surprised if there's anything but real strong level of enthusiasm at this Cubs convention because I feel like they're going into spring training with a real legitimate sense of optimism that things are after two very long years that finished last year on the right note, as you point out, but two very long years that should never happen in Chicago. There's reason for hope. I think you're also going to see a group of people that are excited to be back together in Cub Nation, okay, just because there hadn't been a Cub convention for the last few years. And the fact that even with the COVID flaring right now, hopefully people are cautious and go there and enjoy it in a responsible way and and have have the fun that they haven't had in in a number of years and and get to uh, see their players up close and personal in the wintertime and get to – uh, see the broadcasters and see Pat Hughes uh, for the first time as a Hall of Famer there signing uh, both days, uh, three days in a row uh, in the uh, you know in the autograph areas. Those are going to be those are going to be fun and exciting times for Cub fans just to be back, uh, being able to talk baseball in January uh, up close and personal with with the people who are responsible for Cub baseball. And I know a lot of people will show up wanting to see Pete Crow Armstrong. The number one prospect Absolutely. probably to have – I think Sean Sears is wearing a sweatshirt today, but he, I think he actually has PCA tattooed on his shoulder. I'm not sure yet, but he might. <laughs> Just don't tell hey, my mom, have, okay? Uh, we we want to we thank Sean Sears for a job well done every week producing this show. Uh, Jared Banner, the uh, vice president of uh, minor leagues for the Cubs, joined us. Thank you to him. Thank you to you, David, for the great job you leading this show every week. People can follow me at Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine on our website at 670thescore.com. And don't forget to join uh, Mr. Steve Rosenblum for the artistic radio show that he presents every Saturday from 11 to 2. Thanks so much, Bruce. Thank you, Sean. Yeah, Steve Rosenblum is next until 2. And then we have Chiefs and Raiders here uh, this afternoon leading up to Bulls at 645 right here on The Score. Thank you for listening on this Saturday morning. It's been inside the clubhouse and a pleasure. Talk to you Monday morning on Mullion Haw. It's David Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The School. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.